podcast studio break in process. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to take, I don't know, maybe a good month to figure this place out and get it real dialed in. Huh? Yeah. What do you think we should call it? The Is studio? It just the Buildwit Studio, the Dirt Talk Studios. Dirt Talk Studios. That's going to, I mean, that's the formal name that's going on the plaque outside. Oh, really? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yes. Named it Dirt Talk Studios. And then Dirt Talk Studios is located next to iFilm Dirt Studios. iFilm Dirt. <laughs> Which who the, may never work in there. The edit, yeah. 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 Who, who's not going to work in there, but that's the editing room right yep. next door. I, I think that makes sense. Uh-huh. You know, I Film Dirt play, has played a, a large part in turning this into a company. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we we dedicated a room to his his early efforts. That's fair. So you said you're getting plaques made for all the, or like the yeah. offices and stuff? Yeah, they should be in end of this week, early next week. All cool. the signage will be in. There's a lot of signage going in. Really? There's still a lot of missing artwork. Sure. And a lot of missing elements to the office. And that's why I don't like people coming here right now because they're like, wow, it's so cool. I'm like, no, 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 just wait. Just hold on. Hold, hold on. Who came earlier? You were talking to a, a woman before our call. Um, She runs an equipment company here in town. Well, not in town. She runs an equipment company, a dealer, out in South Carolina and Georgia, um, and a little bit North Carolina. But she lives in Nashville until this week. She's moving to Atlanta. Okay. So she lives in Germantown. She wanted to see the office, so I've shown her the office before she Classic goes to Atlanta. Can dirt World drop by. You know that's what we're looking for, man. That's that is going to be five days a week once we get all fired up here. Yep. Everybody settled in. This is going to be a hot place to be. We're going to go through a lot of beer. Yeah, that's true. I'll be curious to see how many or how those people um, reach out to us, you know, versus like your DMs or dirt talk at buildwit.com or Or just drop by or just straight up drop by. Because you'll be able to, uh, I mean, I don't know if you can right now, but you'll be able to just Google Buildwit and it'll say 1400 Adam Street. You just hit, okay, Google Maps and we'll have hours of business on there, you know, eight to five. Mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, stop by. Eight to five, you know, that's what we work. We're an eight to five kind of company, we you know? We are big eight to five folks around <laughs> here. Yep. With an hour for lunch. Yep. If it's any more. You're out of here. We're going to have big problems. Yep. Um, what's the timeline on the uh, outdoor sign? Is that still a thing that's happening? They're dropping it off Friday and it'll be up Monday. Hell yeah. Yeah. So That's we'll have a big our, deal, man. We'll have our name on the side of the building. Ooh. Uh-huh. I don't know why that like gets me jazzed more than anything else. I mean, It'll this is cool. awesome, of course, but yeah. I feel like th- that's like a whole new, I don't know. That's pretty cool. That's like literally hanging your shingle. Yeah. I, I hope, you know, I really hope um, having people by the office isn't too disruptive. I hope it works out really well. We'll, uh, that's another thing. We're just going to have to try it and see how it goes and maybe it, doesn't go well. I I don't know, but I'm I um I'm optimistic that it'll go well. Well, I think for the most part that the people who like follow Buildwit and have interest in seeing the office and things like that, all those people like work. <laughs> yeah, it'll be mostly like a Friday, for example. Yeah. They're here on the weekend. They flew out Thursday night. They just want to see the place real quick while they're doing their thing. There's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. but it'll be. It'll actually be pretty cool because it'll give everybody here the opportunity to interact with the dirt world more mm-hmm. than they do. Yeah. Because most of our people don't directly interact with the dirt world all that much. Um, but if we get the dirt world to come to us, 
then we can interact with the dirt world very regularly, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be a big benefit. Agreed. But it, it, I've never done any of this. So yeah, we're all just like, know. maybe this will work. We'll see. I don't know. We'll find out. One thing I've been thinking about is when we're bringing guests to the studio to do podcasts, mm-hmm. um, you know, up to now, we've basically just been like, please provide us a picture. Sure. And I'd love if we can, you know, take shots of, you know, our guests. They could basically stand in front of one of the two jobs, one of the really like 50 job sites right next to our building. And maybe just like, you go shoot two minutes worth of headshots or whatever. I don't know how that'll look sure. or how that'll work. But or we just have this like roll down from the ceiling where we pull it, pull it down like an old school map in a classroom, but it's just this job site background. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> stupid uh-huh. that, they, that they, they pose next to. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. Maybe we can create like a, a cartoon character. Yeah. That, you know, it's like... Um, Skitty or something like that. Or they, yeah, they, 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 we, we do a, a plywood cutout of a skid steer and a guy in the skid steer with two thumbs up, smile, or with the head cut out. <laughs> and they put their head in it and we take their picture like that. It's pretty professional. Would that be appropriate? I'm into it. Uh, that would be a big hit. If we put something like that up front, people would actually, that's not a bad idea. I think it goes along with the brand. That's not a bad idea at all because the few people that have been here, they've wanted pictures next to the Buildwood sign or they've wanted pictures of them next to the Buildwood sign. Yeah. But what if we took it a step further? It's worth thinking about. I don't know if Molly's going to go for that one though. Mm-mm. She's a tough customer sometimes. Welcome to the Buildwood Internal Podcast. In the, the studio. Very first one in the studio. Yeah. Can you put some sound effects? Can sure. You, can you put a DJ horn sound effect? Yeah, yeah. If, if you could work that in there. I will. That'd be, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to give you extra work, but this is a I moment. I can find it. I would do it on my own time. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's something that's, that's worth your own time. Yeah. Huh? I, won't, I won't bill you for that one. So that one's, that one's on me. Oh, I don't even remember what it's like to work at a place where you have to be like, you have to clock in clock out the first, the first job I had at the fish store, I would have to, you have to go like you, you, you walk in, you drop your stuff off, mm-hmm. you go right to the computer, you go on the time tracking software that sucked, super clumsy. And you hit, you, you enter your employee number yeah. in with your name. And then from that point on, you're moving on the time clock. But if I were to go to Subway for lunch down the street, no, that's not on company time there, You're bub. clocking out. I am clocking out and clocking back in when I come back with my Subway sandwich. Well, little do people know, that's what those fobs are going to be doing here. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. It gets pinged to your phone. It shows what time they came in and what time they were supposed to come in. Yes. And then you just dock that much pay per hour from there. Go and check. The the big loophole there is to just live somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> then you don't have to come in at all. <laughs> and when you do come in, it's like a huge treat. Everyone's really excited. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I I, you know, going to um, I'm excited to see how the industry responds to the space, but I'm really excited to see how our team makes this space their own mm-hmm. because I have my vision in my head for it. 
but it's probably terribly inaccurate and wrong. It's going to be used in all different ways that I haven't really imagined yet because that's what's happened with every other part of the business. And I'm just, I'm excited for that to unfold in front of me. Um, one of my good friends um, lives just a couple blocks from here. And I showed him a picture that I had taken of the podcast studio me last week that I had sent you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh man, you're going to have to like, you know, maybe sneak me in like after hours so I can kind of like see everything. I'm like, dude. Yeah, come Come here like right in the fat part of the day when everybody's here. That's what you want to see it in motion. Well, this is going to be our best recruiting tool Mm -hmm. too. I mean, it's not a hard sell when you walk people in here and they're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to work here. Well, hey, we're hiring. Not saying that's what's going on there, but um, I think just people in general visiting. I mean, a lot of our people, um, uh, a lot of the people who work here have been referrals. Mm Mm-hmm. So what better way to introduce someone to the BuildWit culture and world that you think might be a good fit than to bring them to the office and show them the space? Yeah. I did. So I'm, I'm creating a set of office rules. Okay. Uh, they're very simple rules. Sure. Um, like no skid steers in the office. Fair. And they're very serious. It's not good for the hardwood floors. Yeah. Uh, Yes, there's a, a weight capacity issue since we're yeah, on the second floor. But that's true. office version two will have a skid steer in it. Oh, yeah. And like in the front, hanging out. It 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 will have a skid steer in it. Mark mm-hmm. my words. Um, uh, and one of the rules going to that is uh, just, you know, no date nights, late night date nights or, uh, you know, weekend family reunions here. Sure. It's it's for the company. Really. It is an event space technically, yeah. but not like other people. Yeah, events. sure. You know, have your have your friend buy or whatever if you want to show them the space. But you know, within reason, don't host a party here when no one's here. Don't don't be hosting <laughs> parties here when no one's here. That's yeah, fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I, you know, we're we're uh, we we have rules, but they're I think realistic and fair. That's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, schedule your family reunion elsewhere. If you can make yourself do that. If it's okay, schedule your family reunion somewhere other than the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair. Any other rules? Um, pranks are encouraged. Sure. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, take the trash out. That's going to be everybody's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Take out the trash. I've, really se- I've only seen the one trash can in here thus far. Well, we're going to have a bunch of trash cans. Um, it's just a principal thing. Sure. No, I don't want to be thinking that we're better than anybody else. Keep the place clean. Not that hard. Mm-hmm. God help me if I find dishes in the sink. Someone's like, yeah, I made uh, pancakes for my family and just left it here. <laughs> Some, the cleaning crew will clean it up. I, someone is going to do that at some point. And they will find out quickly that that is not, not, cool. not a thing <laughs> around here. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just, they're just basic rules. One of them is don't, you know, be smart with the bar. It, it's all common sense stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all fair. common. If you're the last one, turn the lights off, set the alarm. Common sense stuff. You've got me thinking about the trash thing. I feel like there's a version of that that could be a, like a build with official value. Take out the trash? Take out the trash. It, just the, the vibe of it, I like. And maybe it just sure. goes along with, but... Um, you know, it's like nobody is above above that sort of responsibility. You know, we're all kind of um, have our hands like sunk into the business and to what we do as a team. Yeah, and it's not like well, that's that's not really something I do. Well, and taking out the trash is something that's it's 
anybody can do. And it, it means a lot more than just taking out the trash. I have started probably the past year or so. Every run I do every morning, I, or, or workout or whatever it is outdoors, I work out every day mm -hmm. outside, is I will pick up and throw away a piece of trash. Nice. Just a as a matter of principle to make sure, like, I'm not better than this. I'm cleaning up the neighborhood. It's not mine. It's not my responsibility. And yet I'm doing it anyway. It's just this little principle discipline thing I've started to do that I very much enjoy. Where do you stand on, and this is, you know, really going down the rabbit hole. Where do you stand on putting a shopping cart away? Like just. I think I, I, I don't, it, it's not even a debate. I think, I think I've talked about this with maybe Benjamin or somebody. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Benjamin, if you, if you don't put the shopping cart in the little shopping cart corral, Benjamin might actually kick your ass. And he's not, he's not one to, not one to do that, mm -mm, but mm -mm. it gets, I think it was him that just got fired up over it. There, that's just, that's just basic, just basic discipline. Yeah. That That's probably the single best, you know, Matt Biddle, if you're listening to this, just start doing that as our job interview. Take them to the grocery store and see what and they do watch. with the shopping cart. If they don't put the shopping <laughs> cart in the shopping cart corral, they're out. They're done. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yep. And if someone listening to this doesn't put their damn shopping cart away in the shopping cart corral when they go to the grocery store, you better start because those kind of details are what add up over time yeah. and, and create something significant. It only screws you to not put the shopping cart away. Agreed. That's the thing. You're not screwing the guy that's whose job it is to pick up the shopping carts. You're screwing yourself. Yeah, because it's really it's a victimless act, you know, but you also, you don't get anything out of doing it. And yet it's still like always the right thing to do. No, you do get something out of it. You get the, the, the discipline. Discipline. But I mean, like there's, there's not a any kind of like reward or, you know, your day is not ruined because you like didn't do it. And yet, no, you still should be doing it anyway. Yes. I, I have a strong opinion on shopping carts. Okay. I like it. Yes. Sometimes um, I'll even take my shopping cart back. I won't even put it in the corral. I'll take it all the way back. As all the way just to the store. like a, a little bit of extra credit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I don't know that I've ever done that. I'm, but I'm I a always, crazy person. I always put it in the, you know, the little corral. Good. That's where it goes. Yeah. I, you know, people had different upbringings, so I can respect how they were brought up in different ways. But, um, yeah, the office is, is, there's going to be some, some pretty simple rules. And, you know, the biggest one is just keep the damn place clean. Fair. And then we're, we're not going to have any problems. And hopefully we never have to talk about it again. Hopefully. Uh, I feel like there'll have to be some course corrections every once in a while. Sure. But once we're right on course, I don't think there'll be any more problems with this group. Well, I look forward to taking out the trash, Aaron. One of, one of the other rules mm -hmm. I just thought about was if you have a dedicated workstation here, you're required to have at least one personal thing on the, on your I love desk. That. I like that. It could be a, a a little a little toy, it could be a family photo. You're required to have at least one personal thing on your desk. Love it. Cuz I want this to be I want this to be like a second home. Mm -hmm. And I I've talked about it before. I hate banks because there's nothing personal about them whatsoever and with you spending more time here potentially than your home, I want it to feel like you're, you're waking supposed hours, to be here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's, I'm not asking for much. I'm just asking for one thing. Yeah. It has to be just one family photo. I think everybody can do that. 
Um, is the idea to install like screens on every workstation or just like the same thing we kind of always done? It's like if you need that for your work, get one. If you want monitors, okay. you can you can put them on your desk. Got but, it. But we'll have the same monitor arm and the same monitors. I don't I don't want a hundred different kinds of monitors. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Okay. So, so it's be, like if you want a monitor, you tell whoever that makes most sense. Yes, to get and, and we'll monitor. get you set up with it. Cool. Yeah. But we're, we're not doing it right away because some people don't use them. Some people do use them, but I don't I don't want that was one of the things where I thought about should we just let people get their own monitors? But then you end up with a hundred different stupid monitors. And I would like to just get one nice one that everybody feels good about. That everybody feels good about. Because in reality, it doesn't really matter all that much um, unless you're editing 8K video. Um, so there might be some specific applications where it actually does matter from like a graphic design or video standpoint. But you deal with it then. Most people can deal with whatever we get them, which will be nice. Mm-hmm. It's like computers, for example. We don't ask what kind of computer you want, we ask the size, but everybody gets a MacBook. Yeah. Well, you just ordered mine and sent it, sent it to me. I don't know that you asked much at all. You're sure. just like, oh, he's getting a computer. Yeah. No, decision-making is important, but sometimes we do just make decisions for people, I guess. Yeah. Like what computer you're getting. But we don't give you the... I've had some shitty computers. Sure. Working for some construction companies. They basically just dig through the <laughs> the boxes in the back of the back IT closet to go find the laptop they're giving you mm-hmm. from 2008. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My wife's work computer is one of those like black IBM laptops with a little like red dot in the middle. Yeah. It's very old school. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that was, that was high tech back in the day. That little dot that is kind of like a mouse, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You will, you put your finger on it. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if anyone uses it still because it also has a, like a trackpad, but yeah, still part of the, Set up. My my dad had one of those, and he had the little dot. And I thought you just put your finger on the dot, and then the mouse goes wherever you're thinking it needs to go. Oh, that's cool. That would be kind of cool. That would be crazy. Like connect. Yes. I thought that's how it worked, was you just put your finger on it, and then the mouse just goes wherever it needs to go. It is a pretty interesting piece of technology because it's there's not a lot of like surface area, and yet you can kind of make it do what you want to do. I think it was one of those clever things that, actually doesn't serve a purpose. It's mm-hmm. like one of those party tricks. Yeah. It's cool to show your friends, but it doesn't. What does it do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, okay. Well, 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 welcome to the internal podcast. Yeah. yeah after, we do have a couple questions. <clears throat> after all of that very relevant internal company information. We're excited. We're pumped. Um, Aaron and I both have our Patagonia shirts on today. Not I, planned. Again. Well, I, uh, you know, I've been telling a lot of people about the internal podcast lately, and I just say it's, it's, a really effective internal communication tool for us. Mm-hmm. They kind of ask, what, what do you talk about this and that? I mean, this is what we talk about. We talk about um, mouse pads. Just important stuff, man. Vital. Very, yeah. Vital information. This is the information you need to do the most <laughs> effective job you can at BuildWit. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, first question is from Mr. Eli. Not Mr. He's just Eli, but he could be Mr. Eli. He says, being from Florida, I grew up swimming in lakes, rivers, springs, and the ocean. So water quality is something that's very important to me. We have some mining companies here that have done some pretty awful slash questionable things over the years. 
I guess my question is really just to be enlightened on where our partners stand on the environment and what are some of the things they're doing to preserve it for the future and what can we do at BuildWit to help that cause? Sure. I, uh, you know, the, the environment has not always been popular in the dirt world in the past. As in caring for? Caring for. Yeah, we, you know, we were at a part, port, uh, a point in history where you just needed to extract stuff from the ground and you didn't think about how you did it. And yeah. then it turned out that, hey, um, we might actually want to start thinking about this. So a lot of the environmental damage these days from mining and that kind of thing is actually from stuff that is in the past because the stuff they're doing now, you can't really get away with sure. being unenvironmentally conscious or there's at least a lot of rules that you need to abide by. I think our partners, just because they're more caring in general, seem to be more caring about the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, like in North American coal is some of the finest environmental work I've ever seen, period. I mean, it is remarkable what they do. And going out, if you're ever able to go out and see Myrna, is super cool. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, they are building entire environments and ecosystems from scratch, largely. And that is, I mean, you could argue they're playing God a little bit, but it's it's remarkable what they're doing. They're reestablishing entire ecosystems that have been disrupted by humans over a few hundred years. Wow. And that over the next 50 to 100 years will return to what they were before humans touched it. That's cool. Um, How does a company like that profit? So they work because the mine, because they disturb creeks and wetlands, they have to go buy a certain amount of credits. Okay. And then that money is taken to go restore habitats elsewhere. So because they're disrupting habitats over here, they have to go restore habitats over there. Got it. So it's an eye for an eye. Sure. Um, So a lot of big developers will buy these credits because they'll go in and put this huge subdivision in somewhere. They need to go restore the habitat elsewhere. Uh, Mines will do it because they temporarily disrupt the habitat. Mm -hmm. So uh, when they're all set and done, everything will be done, but they still need to buy a certain amount of credits because they're disrupting the the wetlands or whatever it is to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how they're, they're paid for their work. Okay. My assumption would be that our mining um, partners and clients are—they probably have to worry about that stuff more than maybe say a demolition or an excavation company. Yeah, it's just like more invasive of the earth. It's it's everywhere nowadays. Um, you know, our our demolition or excavation partners—they have to worry a lot about dust, dust control sure. is a big thing. Yeah, um, stormwater runoff and mm-hmm. and silt. Is a is a big environmental concern. Yeah. They don't want that escaping job sites. So a company like a, a Southern Site has a whole um, silt fence. Wow. Part of their business, putting in silt fence around their projects, so the dirt is doesn't erode off their jobs and go into, in there. go into the streams. Which is, I know what I, I think Eli ha, is talking with. A lot of uh, water in and stuff has escaped from ponds and that kind of thing, which has caused a lot of problems down in Florida. Sure. And that's just down to total mismanagement and, and irresponsibility, yeah. largely from the past. 
So I, I'm all for, like I've talked about before, sustainable mining. It's a, it's a balance. Yeah. You, you need to be environmentally conscious and you can be environmentally conscious, but you also need mining. Mm-hmm. You can't do away with mining. It, 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 we cannot live as a society or evolve as a society without it. So it's not a matter of eliminating it. It's a matter of how do we do it in a more intelligent manner. Yeah. And that's where, if you haven't listened to the podcast, the Dirt Talk episode with Re- Rebecca McGrew, uh, highly recommend it because that's where people like her come into play mm-hmm. is, hey, I really support mining, but I also support doing it in an environmentally responsible and, and conscious manner. And I believe we can do both. Mm-hmm. So... I guess to answer the original question, are we are we there yet? Is the industry super environmentally conscious? No, but we're certainly trending in that direction. And we're a lot more environmentally conscious than people give us credit. Sure. I would definitely um, agree with your, your last point. I think that, you know, we've talked a little bit about perception of, um, you know, mining, for example. That one's just really, that's really popular. It's really easy, I think, to, say, you know, it's destroying the earth, you know, but there's not nearly enough um, nuance and gray area in those conversations. And so uh, it's exciting to to get to learn about that from um, our partners and the, the companies we'll continue and continue to work with and bring on to our, our, our team in the coming years. Sure. I, you know, it was fun watching uh, Chase, for example, come out to Myrna and North American Coal because you could almost see within a few days how his perceptions of the industry were completely changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny watching him watch land clearing for the first time because all, all land clearing is, is, <laughs> I mean, you're taking D6, D8 dozers with big-ass blades and rakes on the front of them and driving them into trees, knocking the trees over, pushing them into piles, and burning the piles. Yeah, That's what you do. Because there's a limited there's limited market for that wood, it's easier to just burn it. Yeah. And Myrna, they were they were clearing and burning all the existing vegetation there because it was all non-native. So they needed to basically press press the reset button and clear everything out existing before mm-hmm. they could restart that environment. That's just the process. Yeah. Um, and it, it it was it was just funny seeing Chase see that process for the first time because I think Eric Schumper was there too, and it's like yeah we. We've seen it a bunch. We know it's just part of the process, and yeah. that's that's how it works. But, um, you know, all these people that they use these resources, but they don't think about how they get there, mm-hmm. and they're so removed from all of this work, they've never experienced it, and yet they, a lot of times, especially in politics, speak on behalf of it. Uh, but until you actually experience it and understand it, you shouldn't really be speaking. The the policy making around that is really strange because they'll, and this is not a political statement. This is more a a practical statement that you know they often will bring in experts or people that are seen as being an expert in certain fields, certain industries, and they come speak sure. to a segment of the lawmakers of Congress. And then a lot of those people will make decisions based on like a half hour, forty five minute testimony. And, and it's like, you still yeah. don't know anything though, right? Yeah. You just know what that one guy said. Correct. And there's well, obviously a little yeah. bit more to the research of that, but it's not like, okay, now that I'm an expert, now I can make decisions based on that. It's, And so I think that's just kind of funky. Totally. And um, it's not to say that all mining companies are good. 
they're not all good. A lot of them are just there to um, further the interests of the shareholders and they don't care about anything else. But I think at least the companies we work with are good. Yeah. And, and I think the companies we work with want to do more good. Uh, and I just think, you know, development, earth moving, the dirt world is a critical part of creating a more sustainable society. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, you know, and I want BuildWit to be a, a key role in that evolution. Mm-hmm. Key part. Um, one thing that has that stuck with me um, with your conversation from with Chad Goodfellow last mm-hmm. week on sure. the podcast is he talked about the importance of not just showing people the work that our industry does, but being able to communicate why that work is so important. Because it's it's one thing to show, you know, a, a compelling video of a bridge being built, or, um, you know, an entire like dam being torn down, or something like that. That's like could look cool, but there's not a lot of education in that. Of like, here's why this is important for society, for yeah. the for infrastructure, and so um, I think. You know this this question from Eli. That that's just kind of what that's making me think of too. Is I don't want to say reshaping the narrative, but more like accurately putting out the right information about you know what our industry is involved in and why that's important. Totally. No, there there are situations though where it, it goes too far in the other direction. I've seen that a lot. Sure. Um, like the the lithium project that. North American mining has lined up right now. Mm-hmm. Lithium is is obviously a, a very critical yeah. element that we need in modernizing our society. That's how, you know, the Teslas work, for example. You need a lot of lithium to make that happen. Mm-hmm. It sounds super cool, but you need stuff out of the ground. And I think that project is held up, according to Ben Schwanberg, by it's like a burrowing owl or something like that. And it's not, it's not a whole village of burrowing owls or like a pheasant or something like that. It's not a, it's not a whole lot of them. It's like potentially one pheasant lives in this area. And this whole lithium mining project is held up because of a, a pheasant or something, yeah. something, some, some rare bird. And it's like, okay, we we're of course we're, we're overcorrecting here at the same time. You know, what's more important, this one pheasant or this new lithium project that's going to allow us to create a lot of batteries and a lot of stuff that's going to do a lot of environmental good mm-hmm. over here. Yeah. You know, there's a balance there and in a lot of in a lot of cases I think there's been a little too much correction or you know, <laughs> we were with Granite Rock one time. <laughs> I think Chell and Angel were with me and they were they're like, "Yeah, if you see this if you see this frog, don't touch it because that's a $75,000 fine. And, and so we just made, <laughs> we made, we made jokes the rest of that. Of course. The rest of that trip. Like, don't even look at it. <laughs> look at it. <laughs> and of course, for dinner that night, y'all had frog legs. Yeah, don't even look. We actually had alligator the other day. Ooh. In, when we were in Missouri. I'm going to you New post, Orleans you this week. You posted a video of, you're like, what, what Missouri's known for, <laughs> Cajun food. <laughs> And we sit, we sit down with these two guys from this railroad company, me and Ben Schwanberg were with, and they're just like, have you, have you had alligator before? I'm like, I've never had alligator before. I've just never had the opportunity. I mean, I'm all about it, but sure. never had the right opportunity to do so. And he said, okay, we'll get the alligator. So they ordered the alligator and there I was eating alligator in Missouri. 
which I'm a little disappointed about. I would have rather. Are there alligators in, native to Missouri? I would uh, assume not. But maybe, I don't do I know? know. I think that's a little far. I was hoping my first alligator experience would be in Louisiana. You would, or you would assume Florida probably has some too, right? I mean, well, obviously yeah. they actually have alligators. But yeah, they're like birds in Florida. I'm sure, they they're serve everywhere. it as food too. Yeah, I feel like you have to go to kind of like middle of Florida for that. Yeah. The coast is a little too posh in Florida sure, to be serving course. alligator, but right in middle, like Ocala area yeah. and around there, I'm sure you can find some good gator. That sounds right. That sounds right. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever had snapping turtle, alligator snapping turtle? No, like eating it? Yeah. No. I had a, I dated a girl years and years and years ago whose family is, um, most of them are pretty country. And every year they have, you know, like a, a fish fry, but it's, they'll do some fish, but it's a lot of snapping turtle. Wow. And just turtle in general. I'd but be, like, they'll I'd serve you like the tail. It. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's like fried up. It's very that. strange. Well, I really want to do next year a company crawfish boil. Love it. That'll be I'm, done. We've I've got the about gear. It. We can make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Yep. The, the two strangest things I've eaten were jellyfish in China. Mm-hmm. That was uh, miserable. Yeah. And then alpaca in Peru. Interesting. What kind of meat is Was that like beef fish? It was like a lean steak. Okay. It was very yummy. The only bummer is alpacas are very cute and I want to have some someday. And then you're like, well, I've eaten it. Yeah. I'm like, I ate your grandpa, dude. Yeah. Sorry, man. I tried to eat guinea pig while I was in Peru, but the people I was with didn't want to. And it's really expensive. So I was like, well, I'm not going to spend $100 on a full guinea pig to try it. I think you can get a guinea pig off Craigslist for like nothing, man. Yeah. Different, different you know, thing. I can, the, getting a guinea pig is one thing, but I don't know how to prepare it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I got it. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Well, again, very important internal company information. Here of course. Only. We're crushing it. Um, I do have one more question. Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks, Eli, to the last one. All right, the, uh, this one, um, I'm not going to attach a name to it because I think it's just worth the, the conversation. Um, says, I haven't heard Aaron talk about mental health lately. This is something that is really hitting me hard personally with everything going on in the world. Is there a guest that can come on talk, and talk to our team about this and just how to stay sane at work slash home when things are going haywire around us? Uh, maybe just having some monthly tips and best practices we can do and incorporate would be helpful. I know we are all juggling a lot of unknown territories and trying to bring our best authentic self to work, but having someone talk to us on our team calls would be a nice bonus and a relief. Yeah, I spoke with my therapist who's local about this about two weeks ago. Yeah. I think you you sent this to me. This was one of the probably only ones that you've actually sent it, it to me. It is the very first internal question I've yeah. seen. So I I got this, and I'm speaking with my therapist about this. I meet with her tomorrow, so I'll be sure to bring it up. Uh, she's working on it to try to find some local contacts for us. If you're local in Nashville and have any local contacts, we're all ears at this point. I would love to start working mental health into the business more. Mm-hmm. One of my kind of grand visions for the business is down the road, have a full-time therapist, counselor that works for us. Yeah. And that you could meet with at any time for any reason, which I think will be super cool. Yeah. Um, 
I, I love talking about mental health and just normalizing it. And I try to do that as much as I can because it's been talking about it for me and exploring it for me has been completely life altering and going to therapy over the past year, especially I, I just could not recommend it enough to, to anybody. And, uh, you know, me, leading a business, I try to be as vocal as I can about it. Cause it's like, Hey, you know, if the guy leading the company, he doesn't have his head straight, then okay. Uh, then maybe it's okay for me not to have your, my head straight. No one has their head straight. There's always something to talk about. When I go into therapy, I, uh, I typically don't have something to talk about. I very rarely go into therapy like, yeah, you know what? This was really bothering me, or this is some deep-rooted childhood issue that I'm going to work on today. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just a conversation. Like, hey, what's what's going on in your life? And we just talk about life. Like, man, yeah. Um, business is crazy over the past few weeks. I've been traveling a lot. I've been away from home a lot. And um, we just start talking. And then one, two, six, there you are after an hour. Uh, and you just feel a lot lighter mentally, which is the biggest benefit for me. It allows mm-hmm. me to think through my thoughts and emotions. Um, so we're trying to work it into the business. We're trying to normalize it. Sure. Um, if nothing else, I just highly recommend everybody consider it. I think there's a lot of value to anybody getting involved in therapy. It's a process to find a therapist. It's not super easy to find a therapist that you connect with. Um, so give it time. I have some resources that you can use if, if you need to poke around, but give it time. I value it so much that I want to make it a part of the business and a full-time part of the business sooner rather than later. That's not like a 2050 vision line item. That's like a, you know, 2022 vision line item. That's how important it is for me. Um, But yeah, I just couldn't recommend it more. I wish I had more to offer here, but uh, that's all I can offer is for right now my my path, it's been super valuable for me. I view it now as like going to the gym. I go to the gym to keep my body healthy. I go to therapy to keep my mind healthy. And it's going to be something that I do the rest of my life without a doubt. Um, I have uh, spent plenty of time um, in therapy in my, my life, my twenties for sure. Um, And kind of the biggest thing that I've learned is the value of talking to someone who doesn't who doesn't care and i don't mean that in a negative way totally yeah but it's they they don't have preconceived baggage or agenda based on what you have to say yeah and i think that's really really valuable um and so i like what you're talking about Aaron about you know incorporating that and normalizing that and destigmatizing that within our own business because i i think that that approach is really important to our mission of to make the world to make the dirt world a better place. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure, and this is not based on any stats, I'm just my guess that um, the percentage of people who work in in our industry who um, are able to seek help for mental health issues is probably really really low. You know, the, well, there's a lot of just you know have you know just move past it. It's okay. You'll get over it. Yeah, and that's like super unhealthy. And the more that we learn about 
mental health just like as a as a world of as an, a society that's like oh there's a lot of stuff that is unaddressed that like you know creates generational um problems that you know if if you just if you don't go work with somebody who's a professional you you'd never solve that you never you know deal with that and you often pass that on to the next generation in your in your family or in you know your community oh yeah I mean, a lot of the emotions we experience as individuals are passed on to us by our parents. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even identify that their entire lives. It's crazy. It's really, really crazy. Um, and just to your point about, like, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I, I talk to my friend about a lot of stuff, or I talk to my parents all the time. It's, it's so much different than talking to somebody because your parents have total biases with who you are and what they'll tell you, even if as as frank as you think they are, there's a lot of bias there. And to have someone with no affiliation with your life whatsoever is incredibly beneficial with you personally. And then, you know, I was thinking about this from a business perspective. It's like, you know, you come up with a plan and you go to someone who has no vested interest in that plan and say, poke holes in it you're going to get a much different response than someone who helped you plan that plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just a completely different perspective. That's, yeah. that's very, very valuable that you cannot get from a friend or, or a parent or a spouse or whomever it may be. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a, um, mental health is a big problem in the blue collar world. And it's like, so there's no data. There's data. We're number one for suicides by industry. Construction is. There's your data point. Who who was the guest you had on the podcast? That was before I started working on it. Uh, Michelle Walker. Michelle Walker. So that's that's a great interview too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't listened to the Dirt Talk episode with Michelle Walker, yeah, it's really, we got into it a little bit, and I was actually just talking to her about potential involvement in leaders. Cool. Doing some mental health work that's for really cool for leaders. Yeah. yeah, it's really important to me. I love that. Um. Well, thank you to uh, who sent that question in. Um, obviously, this is definitely one of those things that's like a, a long, long-term, there, there's no solution here. It's not like, and here's the answer to your question. Yeah. It's more like, you know, hopefully there's some comfort um, felt and seen be, because of, you know, what Aaron says about how much he cares about it and how he wants to incorporate it into our business. Um, he's, he's mentioned that to me before, but I, I do like, Hearing you put it on the record. I try to put it on the record as much as I can, yeah. even if it's something as simple as um, when I have to meet with someone before therapy, I'll always make a point of, hey, I, yeah, I just have therapy at three. Yeah. Or, hey, I just got out of therapy. Just those little things like that, just indicating that, hey, I am far from perfect. I'm working on myself as a human being. Um, that's the kind of leadership I want to provide is, oh, wow, he's he's working on himself. himself. It's it's okay to work on work on myself. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't have an impact, but I like to think it does. Mm-hmm. Well, we touched all kinds of things on this podcast. The inaugural Dirt Talk Studios episode. I feel good about it. Yeah. I feel good about it. I think it was a good podcast, wide-ranging discussion. You know, we'll, we're ironing out. Mm-hmm. We'll come back around. I'm sure we wasted a little bit of people's time, but... Hopefully not too much. Not too much. I think we're good. Good. We're in a good spot. 
Well, thanks for tuning in to the Dirt Talk internal podcast. If you have questions or comments, direct them to alexabilda.com. That's me, everybody. That's me. All right. We will see everybody on the next one. Thanks, y'all.